You're listening to A Prophet, a collaboration between Sakhlain and Al-Hujja Islamic Seminary. If you enjoy this podcast, please consider becoming our patron by donating at sakhlain.org support. The next wife that we will discuss is Juwayriya bint al-Harith. She was one of the wives of the Holy Prophet and one of the Ummahat al-Mu'mineen, the mothers of the believers. She was taken a captive on the day of Al-Muraysi' which was during the battle of Bani al-Mustalaq. Some historians have mentioned this occurred year 5 of the Hijrah, while some other historians like Tabari and Ibn Ishaq, they mentioned this happened year 6 of the Hijrah. Banu al-Mustalaq, they were a tribe between Mecca and Medina but closer to Mecca, maybe 50 kilometers or so north of Mecca or 50 miles. 50 kilometers or miles, maybe 50 kilometers, I think north of Mecca, so it's much closer to Mecca. This was a very important uh, event, the, the Ghazwat Bani al-Mustalaq, the war or the expedition of Bani al-Mustalaq, we'll examine that later when we talk about this expedition, but basically this tribe had sided with Quraysh against the Muslims, why? Because they were so close to Mecca, they had economic ties with Quraysh, because their geographic location fell on the trade route from Mecca to Sham. The Meccans when they wanted to do business, they would go north to Sham or south to Yemen. So in order for them to get to Sham, they would pass by Bani al-Mustalaq. So they had important economic ties. And the pagans, the mushrikeen of Mecca had made it very clear that if you Bani al-Mustalaq, if you this tribe, you stand with the Muslims, we will fight you and we will break our economic ties. So they were scared to do that and therefore they sided with Quraysh and they stood against the Muslims and against the Prophet Now after the battle of Uhud, this tribe became emboldened against the Muslims. Why? Because at Uhud, the Muslims, they suffered a lot of casualties and they basically lost that war, right? So this encouraged them to even stand more with the Quraysh against the Muslims. And they had also helped the Mushrikeen of Mecca at Uhud. Many al-Mustalaq, they helped the Mushrikeen against the Muslims. So you have this negative experience in history with Bani al-Mustalaq and the Muslims. Now news reaches the Prophet that this tribe is getting ready to invade Medina. They mobilized an army in order to go to Medina and in order to invade Medina and kill the Muslims and conquer Medina. The Prophet sent Muslims to make sure that this news is correct. They came back, they said, yes Ya Rasulullah, Bani al-Mustalaq, they are about to strike Medina. As a community leader, what do you do? You have news, proper news, that there is a tribe, they're about to invade you, what do you do? What's your moral obligation? Be cautious, 
and so protect Medina. So what did the Prophet do? He preemptively went there, he took his companions, he says let's go south to an area called al Muraysi'. al Muraysi' was an area that had wells, water, close to the tribe of Bani al-Mustalaq, the Prophet said let's go there and stop them, see they want to fight us, there's no way to stop the war, we tried to negotiate with them, they're with Quraysh, they're not with us, so they will try to kill us, so which is better, have the war in Medina or have the war there outside? Of course have it outside, because in Medina the casualties are going to be greater and they could possibly even destroy Islam, so the Prophet said let's go to this place called Munaysi'ah, let's have the war there, not in Medina, because they were determined to go to battle, to, to go to war with the Prophet, so the Prophet, his strategy was, okay let's at least put the war somewhere else, not in Medina, so the Prophet left, the war broke out in the area called the wells of Muraysi'ah, it was in this battle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave victory to the Muslims, and so they took the men and the women and the children as prisoners. Now in our previous classes we talked about why this is justified and we'll comment on it later. So they took them as Asra, as captives. One of the captives that was taken was who? Juwayriya bint al-Harith, al-Harith was the leader, the chief of Banu al-Mustalaq, he had a daughter by the name of Juwayriya, she was also enslaved by the Muslims after they achieved victory at this battle. Now she was previously married to Musafi' ibn Safwan, Musafi' ibn Safwan was her cousin, so she was married to him, he died in that battle, Ghazwat, Bani al-Mustalaq, he died. So now they took Juwayriya to Medina, there are three versions on how she got married to the Prophet and I'll share these three versions with you, then I'll tell you my analysis on how to reconcile between these versions, I don't think there is a discrepancy, but there is a way to reconcile that. So let me share with you the main version that most historians have mentioned, and this is the first version, when the spoils of war were distributed, the slaves also get distributed, just like the money, the armor, those Asra, they also get distributed amongst the Muslims. Juwayriya fell in the share of Thabit ibn Qais, he was one of the companions of the Prophet, so she was given to him, she was his share, so now she's his slave, he owns her, and now she's lawful to him, but she didn't want to, she did not want to be with him, because her father was the leader of Bani al-Mustalaq, she comes from a high status, she did not want to be with Thabit ibn Qais, she made an agreement with him, she told him Thabit, what if I buy myself, Mukataba, what if I buy myself, I pay you money so you free me, will you do that? He said sure, I accept, but the price that he put was very high, <laughs> you know, uh, let's say an average slave is worth, let's say in that market, 100 dinars, he wanted something like 4,000 dinars, you know, it's crazy price, he said yes, if you get me this big amount of money, I will free you, she says okay, I'll work on it, 
she came to Imam Ali ibn Abi Talib السلام, she told him oh Ali take me to Rasulullah I want to see the Prophet so the Imam السلام, takes her to the Prophet she tells him Ya Rasulullah I am Juwayriya the daughter of Harith and you know who Al-Harith is the leader of Bani Al-Mustalaq I don't have the money to free myself it's too expensive, I don't have that money. I am asking you for help. Can you come up with the money, fundraise for me, come up with the money so I buy myself? She makes this offer with the Prophet. By the way, Sunni hadith mentions the following. It says when Aisha saw Juwayriya going up to the Prophet, she panicked and she became jealous. Juwayriya was known to have a very attractive personality and she knew how to speak very well. She was very attractive in her personality. Aisha says in Sunni Hadith, as soon as I saw Juwayriya and her attractive personality, I knew that if she goes to Rasulullah, he's going to marry her. <laughs> this is mentioned in Sunni Hadith. So Aisha was not happy that Juwayriya was talking to the Prophet. So she tells him, Ya Rasulullah, I recognize you're a messenger of Allah and I'm asking for help, I don't have the money, will you help me come up with the money? The Prophet ﷺ, so this is the hadith in Arabic, she says, Ya Rasulullah, ana Juwayriya bintul Harith, sayyidu qawmih, wa qad asabani min al-bala'i ma lam yakhfi alayk. He says, you see that I'm enslaved now and this is a big trial for me. Wa qad katabtu fa'anni, I made an agreement with my master, that I will buy my freedom, so help me out. The Prophet says, You made an offer, I have a better offer, would you like to hear it? <laughs> I have a better proposal. She said, yes, what is that? I will buy you, I will earn your freedom, then I marry you. Not as a slave, no, no, I marry you. فَقَالَتْ نَعَمْ She says, yes, of course, there is no offer better than this offer. She accepted. And so basically that's how the marriage happened between her and the Prophet The Prophet gave the money, so now she's liberated. Then, تَزَوَّجَهَا He asked her for marriage and she accepted. What was the result of this marriage? And this shows us why the Prophet married her. Because remember, the Prophet does not marry out of personal desire. He has a goal. There's wisdom behind it. You know what happened after this marriage? See, there were many others from Bani Mustalaq that were taken as slaves and captives in Medina. In fact, one report states, Mi'at Ahl Bayt. There were hundreds of them. There was at least 100 family from Bani Mustalaq in Medina that was enslaved. So we're talking about a big number of people that were enslaved in the hands of Muslims. The minute the Prophet married Juwayriya and the news spread in Medina that the Prophet married Juwayriya, she's from the tribe of Bani Al-Mustalaq, the Muslims in Medina they said, these people from Bani Al-Mustalaq, these slaves in our hands, they are now the brothers-in-law of the Prophet because now Juwayriya who's from this tribe is the wife of the Prophet and so they're the brothers-in-law of the Prophet. And this is aib, this is inappropriate that the brothers-in-law of the Prophet 
are our slaves. We're enslaving people who are related to the wife of the Prophet. This is not appropriate. So you know what they did? They said, let's free all of them. So one historical hadith states, ahli baytin, 100 families were freed. One another hadith says 200. So by the Prophet marrying Juwayriya, it was a very beautiful way for him to teach the Muslims, free them fi sabilillah, don't keep them as slaves. Imagine 100 families being freed in Medina by one this marriage. And therefore what Aisha commented, you know what Aisha commented? She said there is no woman who had greater barakah and blessing on her tribe than Juwayriya. By accepting to marry the Prophet, she had hundreds of people uh, freed. Yeah, she was not happy with the marriage, Aisha, because she personally felt jealous, but she said Juwayriya brought barakah to Bani al-Mustalaq. And then you know what happened next? Bani al-Mustalaq heard that the Muslims have freed 100 families from them. They joined Islam. That encouraged Bani al-Mustalaq to accept the religion of Islam. So look at the barakah of this marriage. So this tells you that the Prophet did not do so out of personal desire. He had a goal to set an example in society, free them. And then after that, he knew Bani al-Mustalaq will also have strong ties with the Muslims. And so this brought this whole tribe closer to the Prophet and the Muslims and it freed hundreds of people. So this sheds light on the circumstances of this marriage and the beautiful consequence that we see from this marriage. So any, any questions on that? How old was Juwayriya? Historians mentioned that she was 20 years old on that day when the Prophet married her because she was born two years before the Ba'tha. So two years before the Ba'tha, the Prophet was 13 years in Mecca, that's 15 years. And this is year what? This is according to historians, this happened year six of the Hijrah. The Prophet married her year six of the Hijrah. So in that case, how old is she? 20, 21. 13 and 2, 15 and 6, 20, 21. But historians have mentioned that she was about 20 years when the Prophet sallallahu um, you know, um, married her. Now her father Al-Harith, who was the chief of Bani al-Mustalab, he later comes to Medina, he declares his Islam and he becomes a companion of the Prophet. That's the first version that we have. The second version on how she got married, her father heard that Juwayriya is enslaved in Medina. Now this is his daughter, he's the chief of the tribe. He could not accept this disgrace and shame for himself. So Al-Harith ibn Abi Dirar, his father was Abu Dirar, he came to Medina with a number of camels with him. Two of his most precious camels, he did not bring them to Medina. In Wadi Al-Aqiq, which is an area between Mecca and Medina, he hides two of his camels. In Wadi Al-Aqiq, he keeps them there. And then two, and then the other camels that he had, he takes them to Medina. So he comes to see the Prophet and he tells him, Ya Nabi Allah, I know we just had a war, but I have an offer to make. It's not appropriate for my wife, for my daughter, Juwayriya, to be enslaved. 
It's not appropriate. So tell me, what do you want to free her? You want money, you want camels, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. Here I have some camels with me. So I am coming here to buy the freedom of my daughter Juwairiyah. Please make this deal with me. Don't keep her enslaved. This is ar, this is disgrace for my tribe. What did the Prophet tell him? The Prophet told him, Oh Harith, what about those two camels you hid in Wadi Al-Aqiq? What about those two camels? Now Al-Harith came with his sons. They told him, Ya Rasulullah, we bear witness that you are the Messenger of Allah because no one other than us knew that we kept them in Wadi Al-Aqiq. How did you know? He said, Allah told me. So his sons immediately they say, Ashhadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashhadu anna Muhammadan Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So his sons become Muslim. Now Al-Harith, he still was uneasy. He was not too convinced to become, you know, Muslim because he's the leader of his tribe and he has that arrogance. But he said, okay, you know, my sons became Muslim, then I have to accept the prophethood of the Prophet. So he also embraced Islam. And then the Prophet he makes an offer. He tells him, okay, I don't even want your money. I have the following offer. Ask your daughter Juwairiyah. If she wants to go back with you to Banil Mustalaq, I am okay with that, let her go. And if she'd like to stay here, let her stay. How about this deal? He says, yes, ansaftana ya Rasulullah. You are being fair. Let's ask her, let her decide. So he comes to his daughter Juwairiyah. He tells her, Bunayati, la tafdahi qabilataki bil baqai fil asr. Don't increase this shame on us by staying as a captive. The Prophet is giving us the option, either you stay as a captive here in Medina or you go back with us to Bani al-Mustalaq free. Which one do you accept? Juwairiyah said, لَكِنَّنِي لَجَأْتُ إِلَى اللَّهِ She says, no father, I don't want to come back. She knew that this was the messenger of Allah. She says, I want to stay here in Medina. May the curse be on you. You prefer to stay here as a slave in Medina and the Prophet is allowing you to go back with us to, to Bani Mustalaq, why? So he got very upset and frustrated with that decision. But remember, the Prophet made a deal with him. You ask her whatever she decides, so she decides to stay. When she decided to stay, the Prophet a'taqaha. He freed her and then he offered to marry her, she accepted and that's how she became the wife of the Holy Prophet And she is the first wife of the Prophet outside of Quraysh. All of the other previous wives, they came from Quraysh. Khadija, Aisha, Hafsa, Umm Salama that we've talked about. Uh, Zainab bint Jahsh that we've talked about, they're all from Quraysh. The first wife of the Prophet to be outside of the tribe of Quraysh was Juwairiyah, she came from Bani al-Mustalaq, not from Quraysh. So this is the second version of how she married the Prophet What's my analysis to combine be between these two? The way that we combine between these two, version one and version two, we have a hadith 
that explains how this happened. So she was given to the Prophet and the Prophet had freed her and he married her. Her father did not know that she married the Prophet. News had not reached her father according to this hadith that she had married the Prophet. So he came from Bani al-Mustalaq to Medina to make a deal to negotiate with the Prophet. And he told him, he told him, you know, O Messenger of Allah, my daughter, she has a high status, you know, I want her back. I don't want her to stay enslaved and her, for her to buy herself out of slavery. This is not appropriate. So the Prophet tells him, He says, give her the option, ask her what she wants to do. So he came to her. And she says, no, I stay with the Prophet The Prophet paid the money for me to be free and he's offered to marry me and I have accepted, I want to stay. So this hadith basically reconciles between version one and version two. So she was married to the Prophet and the Prophet is the one who purchased her freedom, but her father didn't know yet. So he came to negotiate, the Prophet wanted to end it in a peaceful way. He says, go ask her see what she wants and she said no I want to stay with Rasulullah I don't want to go back to Bani al-Mustalaq. There is a third version which as Shaykh al-Mufid narrates in his book Al-Irshad, he narrates a slightly different way on how she became the wife of the Prophet. As Shaykh al-Mufid says the one who captured Juwayriya in that area of the battlefield was Imam Ali alayhi salam. He's the one who captured her. He brought her to the Prophet. He said, Ya Rasulullah, I've captured her and enslaved her. Here, take her. Do as you fit, as you see fit. Now remember, the Prophet, according to Islamic law, before dividing the ghana'im, the spoils of war, what is he allowed to take for himself? See the ghana'im, the spoils of war are to be divided amongst the fighters in the battlefield. But the safaya, if the Prophet wants to take some valuable items or if there are women enslaved who come from a royal lineage like the daughter of the chief, the Prophet has the right to her. So according to the hadith of a Shaykh al-Mufid, she was not given to uh, you know, Qais uh, ibn Thabit, no. Imam Ali took her, he gave her to the Prophet then the Prophet says, okay, I own you, I free you, and then I propose to marry you. Do you accept? She accepted. Then her father came to Medina, he saw the Prophet and he told him, My daughter is very honorable, she comes from an honorable tribe, how is she enslaved? The Prophet says, Go talk to her, see what she wants. So he came, he spoke to her, he told her, let's go back to Bani al-Mustalaq. She said, no, I want to be with Rasulullah Then when her father gave up, the Prophet says, I free you and I marry you. So this is the version that Shaykh al-Mufid narrates in the book Al-Irshad. So having um, read these three versions, here's what we know. 
she was enslaved. The Prophet is the one who freed her, sallallahu alayhi wa He's the one who gave her her, his, her freedom. That is what we know for sure. Her father came, he tried to take her back, she refused. So all three versions basically accept on these points. Now whether she was given to Qais ibn Thabit and then she came to the Prophet and she told him help me out or Imam Ali gave her directly to the Prophet then we have two different versions. By the way Ibn Umar mentions a hadith from Juwayriya from Hazam ibn Hisham from his father. She says before the Prophet came to the battle of Bani al-Mustalaq, she was in Bani al-Mustalaq, she says before the Muslims came I saw a dream that a moon from Yathrib fell in my lap. She says ever since I had the dream I knew something good would happen to me. So when the war happened when I heard the Muslims came all the way from Yathrib to Bani al-Mustalaq I was not upset, I was happy. And when they enslaved me and they took me to Medina, I was happy. And I had a sense that someone great is going to marry me. So when the Prophet offered to marry me, she, I, I immediately accepted. Because that dream had given me a positive experience. So this has also uh, been mentioned. Juwayriya was a very faithful woman who would engage in acts of ibadah. There's a hadith that states once the Prophet in the morning he saw her doing tasbih. So he left the house. He came back around midday, dhuhr, he saw her still doing tasbih. So the Prophet asked her, Ama zilti qa'ada, you're still sitting and doing tasbih? She said, Naam. So the Prophet told her, Do you want me to teach you a type of tasbih that if you say it right now, you will get the ajr and the reward of all the tasbih you've done from morning till noon. She said, yes Ya Rasulullah, teach me. The Prophet said, say the following, Subhanallah adada khalqih, three times. Subhanallah zinata arshih, three times. Subhanallah rida nafsih, three times. Subhanallahi midada kalimatih, three times. Glorify Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala using this phrase. If you just, just say this three times, all the ajr and the thawab that you received for doing tasbih from morning till midday, you will receive it by saying the following phrase. So she was indeed known to be a very righteous woman, a woman of ibadah. A number of companions also narrate hadith from her. Ibn Umar, Ibn Abbas, Ubaid ibn Sabbaq, Mujahid. These are all narrators of her hadith. They heard hadith from her that she narrates from the Prophet Juwayriya lived till the era of Muawiyah. And she died in Medina in Rabi' al-Awwal, according to some historians, year 56 of the Hijrah. Year 56 of the Hijrah, she passed away in Medina. At the time, who was Amir al-Medina? Marwan ibn al-Hakam. Muawiyah had appointed Marwan ibn al-Hakam to be the governor of Medina. So he prayed on her body and she was buried in al-Baqi'ah. So this is 
uh, and this is the circumstances of her marriage to the Prophet. Any question about Juwairiyah's marriage to the Prophet? Yes. Did they have any children? No, they did not have children. The Prophet did not have children from Juwairiyah. Uh, so you mentioned once there are two camps. There was like the camp of, or the group of like Aisha and there was Um Salam. Yes. So Juwairiyah was not with Aisha, she was in the other camp. She was not as high ranking as Um Salama or even Maria in her Iman, but she was a faithful woman that we have, she did not show any enmity to the Ahlul Bayt peace be upon them. So she was not in the camp of uh, Aisha, she was in the camp of Um Salama.